Welcome, church family. This is Jared Harmson, your local fun guy on the streets, asking fellow church members one very important question. Complete the sentence. Life is more fun with... Church. Life is more fun with... Family and friends. Life is more fun with... My wife. She's Bonus points. She's right Bonus here. points. <laughs> yes. Life is more fun with... Uh, Jimmy sneaking Stairway to Heaven into a worship song. Life is more fun with... Kids. Love. Love. Life is more fun with... Chicken nuggets. Tacos. Tacos. Chocolate. That's good. Hey, it's great to be back. Um, <clears throat> I was getting some <clears throat> feedback this morning, people coming up and introducing themselves to me because I haven't been around here for a while. So it's uh, good to see you all again. Hopefully, <clears throat> preaching is like riding a bicycle. Once you learn how to do it, you don't uh, forget. So you'll figure that one out in a little bit. But I do have some friends to help me this morning. So uh, we've had a partnership with Amigos for Christ, specifically Morgan, who's immediately to my right for uh, five years. She grew up here in the church, uh, middle school or high school, or did a lot of our mission trips. Was really just uh, we all just knew Morgan was going to do great things when. Uh, she was growing up here. She went to Rockhurst in uh, Kansas City. It was during that time she got introduced to Amigos for Christ. It's a mission agency that just does really marvelous work in Nicaragua. In the past, uh, for Christmas Eve a few years ago, we uh, gave uh, a bunch of money to help them build uh, water wells last year. Uh, many of you just gave so generously. We raised over $50,000 to build 40 bathrooms in Nicaragua. That's a lot, and a bathroom is... It, changes your life. Imagine a world without a bathroom, and uh, you all fix that for 40 families. So, uh, Morgan, I just want to give you a chance to greet the congregation and uh, say what you want to say. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's a joy to be here, as always. Um, it's a gift to be able to share this space with you and, and share it with um, some of my best friends and, and team members. We're really grateful to, to be here this morning. And I'm just so grateful for this community. Um, the Water's Edge was the reason I was able to move to Nicaragua five years ago. Um, you guys helped support me uh, in my fundraising journey, and you guys gave me the permission uh, to take the leap, even though I was a little nervous and excited. I was uh, nervous, too. <laughs> so were my parents. <laughs> this girl in my church moving to Nicaragua. <laughs> um, so I'm just so grateful um, since that first Sunday uh, that I got up here to speak. You guys have really poured into me um, and to Amigos for Christ. You guys have loved people uh, that you've never met, um, specifically those 40 families last year. I got to go um, and walk to every single home and sit with them and be on that receiving end of the gratitude. I wish it were them up here, not me, but um, just on behalf of all of those families, thank you guys um, for what you're doing. It absolutely transforms their health. Um, it gives them dignity to have a, a safe space to use the restroom um, and to take care of their needs. So thank you guys so much. This is a church that serves um, so well and loves so well. And that's our mission at Amigos is to serve, to make Christ more visible. And um, just a few months ago, we had a panel. Um, our community development model is called Plan 7. And so we had a few graduates from our Plan 7. It's a seven-year partnership that we do with leadership, water and sanitation, health, education, and economic development. And we got to sit with them and um, hear just a little bit about their experiences. And um, they've experienced clean water projects and modern bathrooms, microloans, so many different things, um, probably over 1,000 touch points with our team. Uh, and we asked them, what is the most important thing that you have learned over all of these years? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, yeah, they could respond about their health or, you know, the confidence that they've gained uh, being a leader in their community. 
Um, but what they shared was the most important thing that they had learned over all these years was how to love and serve their neighbor. Um, so that really impacted me. Um, that's what you guys are doing here at the church. Um, you guys have loved and served me, and you have loved and served people in Nicaragua um, so that they can go out and in return do the same. So thank you guys so much for the support that you've given us over all these years. We're really grateful. Yeah, so to Morgan's right is uh, Kristen. Kristen, you started off as a missionary, and now you're the CEO, which I guess makes you Morgan's boss. So what's that like? <laughs> yeah. Let's be nice. No, it is wonderful. Uh, this girl right here, she is a world changer. Um, I had the privilege of coming here last year, just a year ago, actually, I think this weekend, um, and so many things clicked that weekend because, you know, I've known Morgan now for several years. Even before she moved to Nicaragua, she came down as an intern, and we knew she was a rock star. Um, but the, the ability to come here and get to meet this community, your warmth, your welcome, but to know um, it's very clear that you are invested in the next generation, and Morgan is a, a product of that. Maybe that's a weird way to say it, but she is a world changer, and... Um, we all get to work with her every day, and we're all better for it. But I just wanted to say thank you for the way that you've poured into her um, because she has a massive, massive impact and influence, uh, not only with our team, but with thousands of people that, that are being served out in rural communities. Um, I also just wanted to share a little bit about what all of you are a part of. Um, we've got our, our shirts on here, Waterford Shenandaga. They didn't bring, like, they just, the, the medium was the biggest size that they brought. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't going to wear a medium up here. So uh, <laughs> if I invite you guys back next year, like, bring, like, an extra large great, or something. So I'll, I'll and wear, I'm not I'll, cool enough to have the new navy blue one, wear, so I've got I'll the old one. school one here. It has to be navy blue, too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Extra large. Um, Write start. that down. <laughs> Um, Amigos for Christ has always done water projects. It's been a part of what we do from the very start because we know that it's the first big step towards what life transformation can look like. Um, but the need over the years, and we've been working in Nicaragua for, for 23, 24 years now, the need for water has just become overwhelming. Um, and so a couple years ago, we started kind of asking our que ourselves questions of, like, could we figure out, like, what could we actually get some data? Like, what is the scope of this problem? And, and is the, what can our part be as an organization in, in, in solving it? And we learned uh, through the several months of figuring things out and researching that there are, um, within two hours of where we're headquartered in Chinandega, which is the northwest part of the country, that there are still 100,000 people uh, that wake up every day and drink contaminated water. Um, Probably a lot of us are parents in this room. I am a parent of two little girls. I can't imagine the worry, and I've talked to a lot of moms in Nicaragua, the worry when you wake up and you know that, you know, this, that your child is drinking water out of a contaminated well that maybe you hand dug in your, your backyard and it's 20 feet deep, or you sent them off to the river today to get their water. Um, anything, life just cannot really, you can't have any kind of fullness of life when your kids are sick. Um, and so... We learned that this was happening on a large scale, and so uh, most people think that we're crazy, but we feel like God has kind of planted a seed in Amigos and in this big Amigos family, which we consider all of you part of, that, um, that we can change that. And so we have this big dream, Water for Chinandega, is to see every, clean water in every home in Chinandega within the next decade. 
And so we are doing our hardest to um, share that message and share the incredible stories of impact that are happening. Um, but I really wanted to just say thank you. Um, you guys are part of this. Uh, last year, your generosity absolutely blew us away uh, with the bathrooms. And the bathrooms are the sanitation component of a water system. So once you have clean water in your home, that's one giant step. And then when you have a place where your family can go to the bathroom, take showers, the dignity level, but also the health uh, just get, get gets ramped up, which allows kids to be able to go to school, allows parents to be able to find work. So uh, we're just really grateful to to be able to be here to thank you in person and thank you for having us. Yeah, so Danny, it's great to have you back. This is your second time here with us and just tell us a little bit about how uh, you've experienced God in the last year. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as Kristen was sharing, 100,000 people. Does anybody feel like that number is almost a little too big to wrap your mind around? 100,000, it's like, wow. So I want to take us on a little journey quickly here. Um, 12 years ago, we started driving down the highway in Nicaragua, and to find all the communities that we work with, it might sound silly, but you drive down any dirt road, and at the end of it, there are always gonna be people. And so in this case, drove down the highway for about an hour, took a right turn, drove for about another hour, and then got to a river. We crossed the river. Luckily, we had a, one of those safari trucks that could get through. I had to walk. Um, crossed over the river, and uh, found a community of about 100 families. So we're talking about five, around 500, 500 people here in this community. The community's name is Miguel Cristiano. And we grabbed our shovels, and we grabbed our pickaxes, and we started working on a water system, just as Kristen was describing, um, to provide clean running water to these families. And um, for, for all of us that are in Nicaragua, one of the greatest joys in working on a water system is getting to know people. Um, it's always fun to get to know all the generations, the great-grandparents, the grandparents, the mom and dads, and then the kiddos. And I think that the most hope, um, as we can imagine, is found in the young people. Um, can I just get a quick raise of hands for anybody here who's under 20 years old? Raise them high. I know we're about to get school started. We can practice. <laughs> all right, so there are a lot of hands that went up really quickly. Um, and you know, for all of us that get to work on these water systems, I feel like it's kind of like a magnet. We're all attracted and we all wanna learn what these kids' names are and who they are. We wanna kick a soccer ball around. We wanna play baseball do the whole hula hoop thing, coloring books. But in those moments, we really start to think about their future. And we know that that day that families will turn on water, things will just change for forever. Kristen said that it's the first step in life transformation to happen. And so I wanna tell a story about a girl, um, her name is Paola, and she was one of those little kids that we were playing with in Miguel Cristiano 12 years ago. Um, she was a 10 year old at the time. And we started to talk to her about her dreams. And it was kind of like, ah, oh, you know, I want to grow up and I want to get a job. And, you know, we started to get to know her better and, and dig a little bit. Um, this is Paula and her smiling face. And she said, well, if I, if I get through high school, I want to go to college. It's like, oh, what do you want to go to college for? She said, I want to become a pharmacist. So Amigos was able to, to give Paula a scholarship once their water system was finished up, once they had their bathroom, once they were kind of on this track for life transformation to happen. And we've been able to stick with her all the way. Um, and she just recently graduated from pharmacy school. Um, and her dream came true not only to become a pharmacist, but um, this community that I talked about that was two hours away on the other side of a river, she actually opened up a pharmacy there. So first ever pharmacy in the community of Miguel Cristiano. So she's the pharmacist running the show. Um, there she is. With, we can see her Pedialyte behind her there. <laughs> Keep that in water. We got water and Pedialyte now in Miguel Cristiano. <laughs> 
Um, and it was really cool. Morgan and I were able to go and chat with her. We wanted to share her story with the world. And it was funny because we were trying to ask questions about what it's felt like and what it's been like to be her. And there were so many people coming through. We joked, we're like, can you close the doors for like 15 minutes so we can shut down shops so we can keep going here? Um, but it just really shows the impact of what it looks like. Um, families used to have to go about an hour away to just find Tylenol, Advil, et cetera. Um, and now they've got it right in their, back, their, their backyard here in the community. And so that is one story. So when we think about 100,000 people, it's 100,000 possibilities of this life transformation to happen. So thank you once again. And I hope Paula's smiling face in front of, in front of her pharmacy. Don't you love it? Farmacia Paula. Um, Paula's pharmacy. Um, I hope that that puts a smile on your face today as well. So Nick, you're new to us. Welcome. Uh, we're grateful that you're here today. And um, let's have you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to in Nicaragua. I'm yeah. going to have some water, by the way. All this talk is making me thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I am in charge of the youth development program. Um, and I have the incredible pleasure of getting to hear all these really wonderful stories to no pun intended, see the downstream effects of what water means in a community. Um, it's really incredible. It, it really is that once you have clean water, once you have showers and bathrooms, there are just so many more things, so many more minutes and hours in the day you have time for to go to school and study. Um, to play in sports leagues, to practice your artistic or musical abilities. And I'm, I'm working with an incredible team to direct that. And so it's reminiscent of the, the first miracle story in the Bible for me, which is the wedding at Cana, where uh, the wedding party runs out of wine. And Mary says, Jesus, we need to do something. And all he says is, bring me water, right? If you bring me water, I'll do the rest. And so it's an invitation for all of us today to bring these people water and to let Jesus do what he's going to do in the lives of, like Danny said, 100,000 people and transform it. Transform it into something beautiful, something incredible. Pharmacists, doctors, lawyers, teachers, police chiefs, whatever it is. And you get to join us in that. And so more than anything, we're just all really thankful to be here. Really grateful for your generosity and uh, invite you to come and participate and even come see us in all these communities. So Danny, what was the prayer that you prayed last night when we were together? Yeah, so um, I, I would like to give us all a gift today, and it's a gift that we will put in our hearts and hopefully carry with us. Um, Nicaragua, I've, I've been living there for about nine years now, and one of the very first things that I picked up on was the way that people pray. And it can be bright and early in the morning at 4 a.m. when we gotta feed the chickens and the, and the piggies, or it can be in the afternoon, it can be in the evening, but there's this prayer that everybody will pray, and it's, it's, Señor, gracias por un día más de vida. It's, Lord, thank you for another day of life. Um, and it has, it has hit me, it struck me so hard, just in all these moments, in the good stuff, and in the, in the bad stuff, in the hard times, the good times, there's always that space to be, to be grateful, and to thank God for another day of life. And I know I surely took that for granted, and so now I try you know, before my feet ever even hit the ground of gracias, Señor, por un día más de vida, you know, thank you for another day of life. And I hope that that encourages us in some way today, whether it takes us back to the prayer that we pray or if it's a new one for us. Um, I just wanted to share that because it's been really impactful and we can all take a little piece of Nicaragua home with us with that prayer as well. And so, Morgan, really the question that we all want to know, though, is uh, you were married back in February. So how is married life treating you? 
It's been good. Um, I've been teasing with a lot of people. Uh, I didn't bring Renato because you guys are going to like him more than you like me. So. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> but Mary Life has been such a gift. Um, it's been really fun, actually. Uh, on Friday, we're going to celebrate our six-month wedding anniversary. So got to get back on Thursday for that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so last year we raised uh, $50,000. Uh, all the bathrooms were $1,200 a piece. Um, Y'all gave 40 bathrooms, and, you know, we just heard glimpses of how life-changing a, a bathroom is. Like, imagine if you didn't have a bathroom, and uh, you all were able to change that for, for 40 families. Now, this year, we're trying to raise $80,000. Uh, got some good news. 40 of it has already been given. There's a matching gift of uh, $40,000. So if the rest of us can give $40,000, uh, we'll raise $80,000. And what this will do is uh, provide uh, running water and uh, plumbing for uh, 25 families. So it's $1,600 uh, per house. And Morgan, just real briefly, tell us what this gift would do for a family. Yeah, so at Amigos, we're really passionate about loving and serving families in a way that um, we would like to be loved and served. And so uh, we don't just do a community water source. We want water to go directly into their home. And so that $1,600 um, provides a portion of what it takes to drill the well, the pumping system, the water line, um, and then those two faucets that go into their home. And then it also helps provide, we do health testing. So we test and treat for those waterborne illnesses that come from drinking contaminated water um, so that as soon as families turn on their clean water, they can get treated um, for any diseases that they've been struggling with um, and then continue on uh, in good health. What would two faucets allow a family to do? Um, drink water, um, wash their dishes. We have a lot of families that, um, I think there were some pictures that put up, um, there was a well that in the community that we're working in right now, Carlos Fonseca, that picture, um, they have to literally use a horse. And if they don't have a horse, it takes four strong men or women um, to walk 100 yards to be able to pull this water up out of the well. And they do that 50 times a day um, to be able to shower, um, to be able to wash their dishes, drink, everything. And this is really the first step. So a bathroom, then would be the next step. So yeah. this is just like the basic first step. Yep. So uh, here's how this works. We do have the $40,000 matching gift um, if uh, we're able to come up with another 40. So got good news already. There's uh, two bathrooms I know have already been purchased. After talking with you all last night, I, I bought one just because I don't want to ask you all to do something I'm not willing to do. And then someone handed me a check uh, between services. Don't ever give me a check. Uh, Jenny, will you get this check from me after? Because it's going to end up in my washing machine. Um, but we have uh, two I know that have already been purchased. We've got 23 to go. So, you know, if you can do $20, you'll be part of uh, getting water into somebody's house. And that, that would be, like, this amazing gift to them. If you can do a fourth of a, a plumbing system, you're looking at 400 If you can do half, you're looking at 800 I'm impressing you all with my math here, I know. Um, <laughs> And if you can, you know, we had, I think, 16 or 17 families last year that did a bathroom for 1,200. Um, we would probably need about that many to uh, get us to the $40,000 that we're trying to raise. Uh, those of you online, you can just go to weomaha.com give under the drop-down menu. Uh, it's Amigos for Christ. You can write out checks today. We're going to keep this open for about a week and a half. Uh, so make sure we uh, take care of this in the next week and a half or so. And... I just, you all have made such a huge impact uh, in Nicaragua. Um, what you'll do is you'll just write the check to us. We'll send the check to them, and the bathrooms, or not the bathrooms, the, the plumbing will be installed. None of this goes to salary, 100% of it. 
uh, will go to people directly in uh, Nicaragua. Morgan's salary, I'm thinking we're paying about half of it these days. Um, don't be giving her any big raises either. Um, <laughs> just decent. If you give her a raise, we'll still pay half. Um, but, uh, you know, none of this goes to that. It all goes directly to people in Nicaragua. So just in advance, I'm grateful for your, uh, for your generosity. So I want to pray for all y'all. So um, you guys, I, it's, I'll tell you what, I admire missionaries uh, beyond what I can explain. Like, <clears throat> I come here and... There's never a day I don't, like, I'm not grateful that you know, I get a check every two weeks and the rest of the staff does as well. Um, yeah, I do fundraising. I do it in the fall. And, but you all are so generous and you just make things so easy. What you guys do is uh, you totally depend upon other people and you totally depend upon God. And I just, I've always greatly admired that about all missionaries I know. And of all the people I know, these guys are at the top of the list. Like, we got some good ones here, including one of our own. So... If you'll send a hand of blessing, people online, if that's uh, convenient for you as well, I encourage you to do that. And God, I just uh, thank you for these four servants, these four leaders. Uh, God, their, their job is it's not easy. They work in uh, hot and humid conditions every day. They uh, deal with disappointment. They uh, deal with uh, some rejection. But God, they also get to see things that just uh, everybody should get to see. They get to see... Uh, new water wells uh, spraying open and kids playing in them. They get to see people uh, have their own bathroom for the first time ever. They get to see a uh, family experience, the, the gift of running water. Um, Lord, they get to see people uh, uh, grow closer in their, uh, their relationship with you. Lord, uh, for all of them, I, I pray your blessing upon their work. Give them boldness, give them courage, give them energy, give them wisdom. Give them community with each other. Give them uh, deep community with you. God, we especially pray for Morgan. She's one of ours. And God, it's just been a blessing and a joy to watch her uh, grow up. And just even hear the stories and of a, a, a glimpse of the impact that she's had. And just to know that, Lord, she's a part of us. We're beyond grateful. We're beyond proud. And uh, God, for all of us, as we uh, support this mission, help us, Lord, to be uh, wise. Help us to be generous. Um, Help us, Lord, to partner with these uh, men and women that are doing your work. Uh, and we're just grateful, God, that they're here today. And we pray your blessing upon them. God, bless them and use them as a blessing in their work. And uh, we pray your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. All right, so we're starting a new series. Uh, it's called Fun Month. And... Uh, I have been gone for a number of weeks. Uh, three weeks ago, I was in uh, Kansas City at a lacrosse tournament. It's the only time I got to see David play this summer. And lacrosse tournaments were fun, like when these kids are like third and fourth and fifth graders. It's kind of cute. They can't catch the ball. They're all chasing around after this thing, knocking each other down. And, you know, now they're juniors in high school, and uh, now it's like, you know, they collide, and they're like big collisions, and like, you want to make sure both parties get up, and the ball, it moves around all over the place, and you have to, like, watch it, and um, uh, college coaches are watching them, and so uh, Saturday and Sunday, the good guys won. They ended up winning the tournament, so David's team won, and uh, what do you do after you win? You, you celebrate, right? So if you've been on, like, a youth sports team that uh, the kids win, like, it's apparent you know the drill. You kind of, like, uh, wait around until the coach gets done uh, talking to the kids, and you all kind of hang out together and talk about how well the kids have played. And then you take the obligatory picture with uh, the kid and the medal around his neck, and there we are. And so I used to coach Benjamin's uh, 
soccer team for years, and I've uh, been to many of David's basketball and lacrosse games. Some of y'all that play uh, football, uh, I would come see your games. I walked around the golf course this spring and watched a couple of the kids play, watched baseball, softball. I love it all. Now, in my life, I've seen some on YouTube. I've only seen one uh, youth parent sports fight, and that was uh, two years ago. And um, I, uh, I, 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 I was the one that broke it up. Um, now, it was between two parents on David's team, and they were uh, in a disagreement about why the team lost. I was talking to a girl from our church who was playing the same tournament. She was uh, obviously in a different division. And um, these two guys, like, just, like, they started, like, push each other. And I was, like, looking around, and uh, Miranda was right there. And um, I figured I've got to do something about this one. Like, these guys are pushing and shoving each other. And here's where I felt I needed the help. Like, if you're an accountant or a plumber or, like, a salesperson, and, like, you get in the middle of something and they assault you, like, you'd go, they would go to jail. But um, I figured being a pastor, like, if they assault me, they're going to go to hell. <laughs> so uh, they both knew I was a pastor. Like, I got in the middle, and um, I kind of grabbed one of the guys, and I walked back, and, like, that was that. And, like, I thought, I'm a hero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was one and done until three weeks ago. And, Benjamin, you're here. You can verify this story. Like, so after a, a game, like, you typically celebrate, like, if your team wins the championship, and we're just kind of talking, like, yeah, kids did great, and all of a sudden, it goes, this, so this team's from Kansas City that David's on. I don't know most of the parents. Um, most of them, like, do know who I am and, like, what I do. It's kind of an occupational hazard. Uh, people just, like, know you're a preacher, and I was, like, wearing one of those little collar things around. No, I wasn't, but... Uh, <laughs> so, like, the opposing coach came up to one of our dads who I was talking to, and uh, he accused him of, like, uh, talking to his kids and calling them names and criticizing them. And he said, I didn't do it. I said, Are you serious? This is not happening again. I just dealt with this two years ago. Um, so then, uh, and so in this story, I'm the protagonist, by the way. Um, but uh, <laughs> so our guy was like, I'm not sure if he's a bodybuilder or a power lifter or both. I just wanted to give you an idea of his size. The other coach doesn't look like he's missing too many workouts either. And I went to the gym on January 1st, and I'm still sore. <laughs> so, like, that's how I fit in this story. And so then our guy didn't take the criticism very well. The coach didn't take the rejection very well. And all of a sudden, like, our big bodybuilder, like, started to go after their coach. And Benjamin, did he move fast or did he move fast? I mean... This coach was flying, like he was moving away, and um, our guy wasn't slowing down. Now, thankfully, he had knee surgery he was telling me about, and I'm still faster than him. So I, I got in the way, and I just said, hey, we're not doing this. Uh, and uh, so that was good, because the coach didn't know that I was a pastor, so I only had half the immunity in the story. Um, <laughs> but this guy did. He didn't want to go to hell, so he stopped. And that fight was uh, broken up. And I'm done. Like, I'm not breaking up any more youth parent coach, fi or, uh, coach fights. So um, there's something that happened, though, and this is where I wanted to go. Um, so what should have been the focus during that time? Like, something changed. It went from celebration to uh, complaining, um, you know, anger, frustration. Like... The parents totally let that coach get to them. Like the celebration was over at that point. Um, and so it is with life. I, I really believe that. Like I think um, 
I, I love that prayer, Danny. Like, you know, thank you that I'm alive today. Like, you can celebrate that. Um, like, here, here's how this works. Like, if we looked at our lives, I would say most of us would say, like, 95% of our lives are pretty darn good. Now, most of us have, like, 5% or 10% or 15% or whatever the number is. It could be 3%. You know, th there's some challenges, and, and, it's, and it's tough. But I want you to think about what lives in your brain. Where does your headspace land? I'm guessing a 5% of your life is kind of frustrating, that that probably takes up about 25% of your brain space, uh, maybe 50% 50, uh, 50 of your mind capacity. Like, we don't celebrate, like, today's sermon is celebration. Like, we don't celebrate the... 95, 95% of the time, like these challenges and frustrations and, and uh, pesky people and whatever it is, like it, it takes up more than our, of our lives than it should. And we don't offer God the gratitude that we should. And our, our celebration, it becomes, you know, certainly more sporadic. Now, you have a lot to celebrate. If you're in this room, if you're watching online, like you have a lot to, to celebrate. Like you have running water. When you... Uh, went to the bathroom this morning, when you washed your hands this morning, when you cleaned the dishes this morning, you did not think twice about where that water is coming from and how grateful you are for it. You have a lot to celebrate. You didn't walk to church today. Uh, you drove a car. And if you did walk to church, it meant you probably lived fairly close to the church and you thought that walking was a better option than driving because it's a beautiful day outside. You uh, have people who care about you. Uh, you can be grateful for ice cream. You can be grateful for freedom. You can, you can be grateful that it didn't rain on you last night at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning. I know that because I was up working on the sermon. Um, because you have a roof over your head. That's something to celebrate. You know, pets, eyeglasses, your phone. And then we can get to the really good stuff. Like, we can celebrate that God gives us faith, hope, and love, and that we're the recipients of grace, and that in the end, like, there's forgiveness of sins, and that's something that every one of us can celebrate. But what do we do? We think about the pesky neighbor. We think about the choice that we wish we would have made differently or the person that didn't uh, appreciate us. Now, Jesus tells a story about a, a celebration. The Greek word um, would be translated feast. It could be party. It could be banquet. So... Uh, a man was a man prepared a great feast. So it, it starts off the kingdom of heaven is like this: uh, a man. So in this story, a man is God. Uh, prepared a great feast. That's like creation. It's life. It's abundance, and, and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his uh, servant to go tell the guest, uh, "Come, the banquet is uh, ready." Now imagine if. Uh, Imagine if you had a big party, um, you planned for it, you prepared for it, you sent out the invitations and, and nobody came. Um, how'd that make you feel? Well, we'd be frustrated, we'd be hurt, we'd be disappointed, uh, depending on how many hours and how much money we put in it, we could be angry. Like, that's how we would feel if we invite others to the party, to the celebration, um, and they don't come. So... Uh, this is uh, what we started to see. So they go out and they make these invitations, and God experiences this when we don't celebrate, when we focus on the 5%, when we focus on, uh, instead of the 95%, when we focus on the scarcity, instead of the abundance. 
But they all began making excuses. Like, we're not going to come to the party. I have just bought a field, and I, I must inspect it, so please excuse me. The next one says, uh, I've just bought five pairs of oxen. I've often wondered why he doesn't just say he bought 10 oxen. Don't you think that'd be easier? Um, but anyway, look, there's five pairs of oxen, and he wants to try them out, which I don't even know how you would try out an oxen. Um, she says, please excuse me. Then another one, this is the worst. Like, I just got married, so I can't come. Well, have you ever thought about bringing your wife to the party? Like, you guys just got married. You had a party. You know how good it felt to have everybody there. Now you choose not to do it. Now, do you hear what's going on here? They, they came up with excuses, but excuses isn't the reason why they didn't celebrate. It's not the reason why they didn't go to the party. The reason they didn't celebrate was distraction. It was distraction. It was their excuses. So one of them said, I got to work. One of them said, uh, I got a new asset and I got to check it out. One of them said, I got a relationship and I can't do it. And they're distracted by good things. It's like relationships are good. Business development can be good. Uh, but they've missed. Now, I get people that would come to me sometimes as their pastor, and I would see scarcity, I would see a lack of celebration, I would see focusing on And I felt that way myself, and I have to remind myself and I have to remind us that it's not that God is silent. Like, if this is you this morning, and it's got to be you just based upon the number of people who are here and the number who are watching online, it's not that God is silent. It's that our distractions are, are, are too loud. You know, the, the 5%, um, they're too loud. The problems are, are too loud. The everyday busyness is, is too loud. We miss out on the best because we're distracted and, and busy like that. Now, the servant did, they're not celebrating. Uh, the servant returned and told his master, what they said, his master was furious. Um, go, go quickly. So listen to where he goes. Go quickly to the streets and the alleys of the town. So who would live there? Like, who lives in alleys? Like, homeless people, marginalized people, people looking for scraps and leftovers, people who were hiding Invite the poor, uh, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And I don't think that any of us would necessarily uh, fall into that category. But uh, we, we may not be poor, but because of our past, we don't feel rich in God's love. We may not be crippled, but fear has got its hold on us. Um, don't feel worthy of the love of others, and we don't feel worthy of the love of God. Now, God is like this to all of us alley, alley dwellers, and I feel like an alley dweller sometime. The kingdom of heaven. I have come. I've set my son 
so that you have a rich and a satisfying life full of purpose and, and joy and community and, 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 and celebration. Now, um, I love what he says in the last verse in 22. Uh, after the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So the party thrower, God, says there's still room for more. Now, we've been living this out since 2006 when we were at Russell Middle School and we filled up that little cafeteria the first year. Um, we moved to Millard West so there'd be room for more. When uh, we filled up the service at Millard West at 10.30, we started a service at 9 o'clock and many of you made many sacrifices to make that happen because we wanted to be like the uh, banquet hosts and say there's room for more. You know, we uh, moved out here in 2018 because we knew that we needed to have room for more. Next week, we're going to have a great big party, a big celebration in the uh, room next to us that will be uh, open for the first time. We built that because we wanted to have room for, for one more. Now, um, I want to go back to the first verse in this uh, text in verse 15. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus, exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And I want you to remember those words. What a blessing it is to attend a banquet, to celebrate, you know, to live as grateful in, in the kingdom of God. So I went to a huge banquet last uh, Thursday, like 10 days ago. It was uh, a wedding. It was in Chatham, Massachusetts. It was the new uh, traveling grounds for me. And uh, it was a wedding of a, a friend of mine. And it was just this great big party. Um, it was cool stuff. We went to a baseball game two nights before. And the night before, we had the rehearsal and went on a cruise and like saw these really cool boats and the sunset. And you know, the morning of the wedding, we went golfing. Um, I'm not a very good golfer. And I think he wanted to feel good about himself on his wedding day. So I did play with him. Um, so we're in like the third last hole. Like this place is just absolutely beautiful. And I like to hit over the green because um, I'm so strong. And I was like taking a picture of like all the beauty and uh, the guy's here. Uh, it's his wedding. So uh, he, he couldn't do this if he tried. He could do this a million times. And he couldn't. So he's about 30, 40 yards short of the green. He gets the ball out of the sand. And I'm taking a picture. And next thing, look out, Pastor Craig. Watch out. Everyone's yelling. And I'm like going like this, and the ball hits me right in the middle of the back. <laughs> like if you're a golfer, like you know how you couldn't hit that tree if you tried, but if you're not trying, you could. And I'm like, dude, if this is like three feet higher, you don't have a pastor in four hours. <laughs> but uh, that could have like, I mean, that could have ruined everything, but both of us chose. Like it's kind of funny. It's an accident. Accidents happen. And here's a picture of me and Kip. So, yeah, I'm the good-looking guy on the bottom left. Uh, Kip is <laughs> bottom. Sorry about that. I had to do it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a little bit later, I, like, you know, him and his now wife, Jennifer, they got to just right by the ocean. They looked into each other's eyes and you know, did all the vow stuff, the ring stuff, and all their kids dumped, uh, you know, sand into the thing, and I mixed it up, and they unified their family. And, you know, that, that was, like, the 95%. Um, that's a celebration. That's the place we live. You know, the bad stuff is going to happen in life. And don't let that keep you from the party. 
Don't let, and don't let the busyness, don't let the distraction. God makes an invitation to all of us uh, who are alley dwellers, you know, all of us who are on the country lanes, um, all of us behind the hedges, and I had to skip those parts. But God makes the invitation to all of us, like, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate well. So right now what I want to do is I want to celebrate our educators. So if uh, you work at a school, if you're a teacher, if you're a librarian, if you're a, a principal, a coach, I want you to stand. We just want to celebrate you and acknowledge you. Um, someone's got to be the first one to stand. So yeah, just stand up and stand up tall. We want to acknowledge you for all you do. I forgot athletic trainer, sorry, so I'm gl glad, you, glad you stood. <laughs> um, but I just want to say as a parent, uh, thank you. Um, you know, you invest in our kids, and um, I can obviously say that my kids' life and my family's life is better because of you. But I also want to talk to you as a, a community leader. Um, you all are doing so much good, and I know your job is tough. I know sometimes it's frustrating, and. I know sometimes you're, uh, it just seems like your responsibilities exceed your, uh, exceed your resources. And all of us are on your side. We really are. Um, we want to see you thrive this year. We want to see you invest in the kids. Uh, we want to see you be able to do the, the things that you love uh, to the children that you love. And we're grateful for you. We really are. Um, this isn't lip service. It's not one prayer and we're done. Um, we want to see you succeed. And we're just really grateful for you. So I'm going to pray for y'all. Um, let's go to God and let us pray. Lord, I uh, just come to you right now with gratitude. There was many men and women that uh, stood up, and as I looked out, I know there's some even first-year teachers that stood up. There's some veterans uh, uh, who have been doing this for decades, and there's many who are in between. There's, there's bus drivers, there's coaches, uh, there's classroom teachers, there's paraprofessionals, there's administrators, and Lord, certainly others that uh, aren't coming to my mind right now, but God, for every last one of them, we just give you thanks. God, I pray that uh, this year they will feel supported. I pray that, God, they can um, just have more good days than bad days. I pray that they're, uh, we pray for comfort and your presence and support from others during those days when the job's not so easy. And God, I pray that their celebrations can just be uh, multiplied, God, that they can see um, the importance of their work. Uh, Lord, their, their, their calling is a high one. In fact, it might be the highest one that's out there. And um, God, I'm just beyond grateful for all, all of us are. We are grateful uh, for these men and women who choose to uh, educate and invest in our, our next generation. So Lord, we're uh, just with, uh, with confidence, with humility, with hope, uh, we pray your blessing upon uh, all our educators who are with us today, and we pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. The fact hey, that guys, guys, come down one row. We, we were able to welcome all of come these down. kids in here while you were praying, and you, for the most part, didn't notice, tells us that there's hope. <laughs> uh, we are welcoming all 68 of our students up here. We had uh, another 70 this morning at first service. Um, God is doing incredible things in our kids' lives, and we are happy to pray for them, and we are almost all on the stage here. Uh, all of our teachers are incredible, so we're just so grateful for their uh, help and organization. But 
Students, we want to pray for you and ask that God is just with you. So let's join our hearts and continue in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of these kids and the future generations that will uh, be the light and the hope moving forward in our world and our communities. We pray as they go to school that you will give them a heart that is open uh, for learning and growing. We pray that you will surround them with uh, friends and teachers who are encouraged to support and encourage them. Um, but we also pray, Lord, that you are filling them with your light, that uh, they are equipped and ready to um, be a supportive uh, presence for others, for other students who need that, um, to see that there's someone who can love them, Lord. So we ask that, uh, that you guard them, that you keep them safe in their schools, that you give them a chance to share your light and your love with their classmates. And we lift them up and just ask that blessing on them this morning. God, behind each one of these kids are parents, parents who want the best for their kids, who hope that they uh, are growing and, and dreaming and expanding and and, and just uh, learning more about you and learning more about the world that they're going to live in. And so, God, we pray for the parents. We pray for parents who are sending their kids off to school for the very first time. And we pray for parents who are sending their kids off to school for the first time, maybe for the last time. And, and, and everyone in between, that they would put their trust into the schools, into the teachers, into the educators, into the systems that we've placed to help them to learn and to grow, to, to become the, the people that you've designed them to be. God, give the parents uh, that trust, give them that peace, uh, help them to be supporters of their children and of, of their educators. And uh, we continue to, to pray for the kids and the parents and the educators all the way around. We pray these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, kids, you guys are all going to go back to the big group room, and that's where you're going to get picked up after church this morning. So, parents, if you'd like to pick up your kids, you can go back there and do that. If you don't want to pick up your kids, do it anyway. Um, <laughs> but, guys, guess what? We got one other thing to let you know about. There's a few things. First off, Pick up those magnet boards on the way out the door. Um, you grab study guides as you head out today too. But also one more thing that the kids are going to be really excited about. I don't want them to hear it, but just let them know. There's ice cream after church today, and we're having an ice cream Sunday contest. So parents, get your ice cream, then go get your kids, or, you know, get your kids and then go get ice cream. It doesn't, whichever way you feel like is the most important way to do that. We are so glad that you were here for us to celebrate the beginning of this series. We will see you all back.